This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey everyone, I'm Eric Nordoff, and welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. I'm so glad you're listening, and welcome to the Courageous Community at CourageousCommunity.com as well. That's where you can connect and talk, and it's really the hub of everything that we're doing at uh, the Courageous Community on Facebook is the place to be. So uh, glad that you're a part of this. And uh, so here's what we're going to do. Today, we're going to continue our conversation uh, from the book, The 4-Hour Workweek uh, by Timothy Ferris, uh, one of my favorite and most impactful books I've ever read for my life and for my business. And today, we're going to talk about the 9 to 5 illusion and Parkinson's Law. I love this quote from the book, time is wasted because there is so much time available. You know, we live in this mindset that we work from nine to five, and there's something in our culture that tells us that we're supposed to work from nine to five, that if we do work from nine to five and we take our one hour lunch then we are going to be, then we're all as well in the world. And then we've done well for the day. We've put our time in. And I want to change that. I want to break that. I've definitely not lived by that for, for several years now, to be honest with you, ever since I became my own boss. Initially, when I started my own company, I was definitely time-based. I came out of the corporate world and I put more than my time in. The more time I put in, the, the better I felt about myself and the, the better I felt about my work and what I was pursuing. And, and if I took any time off for my family, I felt guilty. But I'm here, and the book talks about this, to change your mindset. We need to change the way we think about this. You don't need eight hours a day to become a legitimate millionaire, let alone have the means to live like one. Eight hours per week, in, is, in many cases, is really excessive. Uh, you know, but because we think or we have eight hours to fill, guess what we're going to do? We're going to fill up our eight hours, and we're going to clock in and clock out. But if we had only 15 minutes we would fill 15 minutes. If we had 15 hours, we would fill 15 hours. But if we have an emergency and need to suddenly leave to get somewhere, maybe we only had two hours before we had to leave, but we had pending deadlines, well, guess what? We're going to miraculously complete those assignments in two hours. It works the same way before I leave for vacation, if I know I'm leaving town and I'm going to be gone for two weeks, my most productive day is the day before I leave town. I get so much done in that time because I know I have a deadline. And that, in essence, is Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law, I'm going to read from the book here, it dictates that a task will swell 
in perceived importance and complexity in relation to the time allotted for its completion. It is the magic of the imminent deadline. If I give you 24 hours to complete a project, the time pressure forces you to focus on execution, and you have no choice but to do only the bare essentials. If I give you a week to complete the same task, it's six days of making a mountain out of a molehill. If I give you two months, God forbid, it becomes a mental monster. The end product of the shorter deadline is almost inevitably of equal or higher quality due to greater focus. And I want to stop here for a minute and just say that it's actually a blessing when you give someone a tight deadline. You're actually blessing them because you're forcing them to focus on the most essential things so that they get it done. So don't ever be afraid to give someone a deadline or to say, you know, it. no, it has to be done tomorrow. I need it in 24 hours. So much more of a blessing to somebody than to say, I'll give you a week. And then they just hem and haw the whole time before they finally get it done. And it's done no better than it would have been done if you had a week in many cases. So back to the book. This presents a very curious phenomenon. There are two synergistic approaches for increasing productivity that are inversions of each other. Number one, limit tasks to the important to shorten work time, the 80-20 principle. Limit your tasks to only the most important to shorten your work time. And number two, shorten work time to limit tasks to the most important, the Parkinson's law. Okay? So the best solution is to use both together. We talked yesterday about the 80-20 rule. Today, we're talking about Parkinson's law. Identify the few critical tasks that contribute most to income and schedule them with very short and clear deadlines. That is the key to working your business. So you're working it from both ends. You're you're number one, you're you're eliminating 80% of the things that were taking up your time. And you're also cutting down the amount of time that you want to get things done. In other words, giving yourself yourself very short deadlines in order to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish to get it done. When you can combine both of those laws, the 80-20 Pareto principle and the Parkinson's law, are really then you're really creating two cornerstone concepts that will be revisited in different forms throughout the entire rest of the book here. This is part of the book, this is the part of the book that talks about elimination. When we can eliminate and manage our time most efficiently is when we're able to then be able to accomplish so much more. I love this. Now, um Uh, One of the things I love about the book is he gives some exercises at the end of this section of the book of elimination, and he talks about, he he gives some hypothetical cases to help get you started. So the the two main questions that you want to ask is, what 20% of sources are causing 80% of my problems and unhappiness, and what 20% of sources are resulting in 80% of my desired outcome? And happiness. So that's that's our focus as we talked about the Pareto principle. So here are some hypothetical cases to help get us started. If you had a heart attack and had to only work two hours per day, what would you do? Not five hours, not four hours, not three, but two hours. 
It's not where I want you to ultimately be, but it's a start, Timothy Ferris says, the author says here. So this gets your brain thinking. This gets you thinking about what would you do? The doctor warns you that if you don't work two hours a day, if you work longer, then you're going to need triple bypass surgery or you're going to, you're going to, it's going to be worse. So if you had to do that, if you had to cut your life down, your time that you spent working down to just a small amount of time, what would you do? If you had a second heart attack and had to work two hours per week, what would you do? So this is a process of elimination. Take a look, take some time today, take an hour, take an hour or two, and just take a look at your life. How are you spending your time and what could you eliminate in order to make more time to accomplish those 80%, those 20% of sources that are resulting in 80% of your outcome, your desired outcome? Okay. Another good question here. My wife always laughs at me when I say this question, but if you had a gun to your head and you had to stop doing four fifths of different time consuming activities, what would you remove? So you have to be ruthless. Simplicity requires ruthlessness. There's another book that I absolutely love called Essentialism that uh, where I've applied certain things to this uh, process as well. But you have to be ruthless. If you had to stop four-fifths of time-consuming activities, email, phone calls, conversations, paperwork, meetings, advertising, customers, suppliers, products, services, what would you eliminate to keep the negative effect on income to a minimum? Used even once per month, this question alone can keep you sane and on track. Here's another question. What are the top three activities that I use to fill time to feel as though I've been productive? Be honest with yourself and, and do this. Take a look at what are your crutch activities that you need to eliminate. Another question. Who are the 20% of people who produce 80% of your enjoyment and propel you forward? And which 20% cause 80% of your depression, anger, and second guessing? Identify positive friends versus time-consuming friends. Who is causing me stress disproportionate to the time I spend with them? And when do I feel starved for time? What commitments, thoughts, and people can can I eliminate to fix this problem? All right. Learn to ask, if this is the only thing I accomplish today, will I be satisfied with my day? Uh, There's some great stuff here. Put a post-it note on your computer screen or set an Outlook reminder to alert you at least three times daily with the question, are you inventing things to do to avoid the important? There's some great software you can use like rescuetime.com to alert you when you spend more time uh, than an allotted time on certain websites or programs. Um, There's just great information in this book. But on a weekly and daily micro macro level, attempt to take Monday or Friday off as well as leave work at 4 p.m. This will focus you to prioritize more effectively and quite possibly develop a social life. If you're under the hawk-like watch of a boss, he gets into it a little bit later. On a micro task level, level limit the number of items on your to-do list and use impossibly short deadlines to force immediate action while ignor- ignoring minutiae. So great stuff here, very, very interesting proposed actions and giving you a lot to think about today, I hope. Um, 
that's all I want to focus on today. Tomorrow, uh, on the next episode, I'm, I believe I'm going to be getting into uh, some other things from the elimination portion of the book, um, things that will eliminate interruptions, uh, a low-information diet, how to, how to pursue that, um, how to, uh, to work effectively and manage your email so that you get to the point where everything is automated. It's pretty phenomenal uh, when you really look at batching and this whole concept of batching things into one specific short period of time and forcing yourself to learn the discipline of focusing on what's most important and doing it in the quickest, shortest amount of time possible so as to maximize your time and minimize the loss of income. All right. Well, I hope this has been uh, interesting for you folks and encouraging. So if you can, talk about it in the Courageous community. I'd love to hear feedback on uh, this portion of the four-hour work week that I'm talking about today. Have a great day, friends, and I look forward to hearing your elimination stories and your thoughts on Parkinson's Law.